Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Sports fans, Yuletide greetings. Uh, I'm Aaron Warner. With me, Stefan Heck. Hey, happy Boxing Day. Oh, happy, happy Boxing, Boxing Day. Day. Yeah, yeah, we were recording this on Christmas Eve, uh, but you'll be listening to it on Boxing Day or later. So I guess the Christmas cheer is left. Like the tree's still up. But Yeah. I mean, I'll keep the tree up until like January 1st, probably. How do you? So I, I usually do. How do you... Uh, Stop do I store Kiki, the tree? Your, your, no, how do you stop your cat oh. from destroying it? Because that's oh. why we didn't have one this year. It's like she. I mean, it's it's a fake tree because uh, we're in an apartment and, and we're not allowed to have real trees in here because it's like a fire hazard, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that helps a little bit. She doesn't like she'll like chew at the bottom of it, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she just gets bored of it. Um, okay. She she hasn't tried to like knock it down or anything, which is really good. Maybe. Um, hmm. I don't, yeah, I, I think part of it, we don't have like a ton of decorations on it. I think if there were like decorations that she was really into, she would probably try and jump up and knock the tree down more often. But and it's like it's weird because it's like a very thin, it's like a tall but thin tree. Yeah. Um. So I, I was a little worried at first, but she's kind of just basically ignored it. She just like fucks up the couch. She's okay. just like we have a she has her scratching post. She has the little cactus scratching post that I feel like most cat owners have. Yeah, yeah, you can get um, off of Amazon for like 35 bucks. I have exactly. one of those as well. It's great and Kiki will use that I think one third of the time and then the other two thirds she just like she has destroyed our couch. Just absolutely <laughs> destroyed it. Cuz we got the couch before the scratching post. So she's like used to that. Okay, yeah. Have you just unfortunate. Let's so. turn this into a cat podcast. Have you, is the Honestly. scratching post right next to the couch? No, it's it's like it's like right next to me right now. Like okay, it's, it's it's right down below the computer desk. So she'll like, and she just she was just using it. So. Are, are you a Jackson Galaxy guy? Oh yeah, yeah. So like his yeah. his his whole thing is uh, for every no, there's got to be a yes. So I guess to get her from to stop scratching the couch, you put the scratching post right next to it and be like, okay, not here. Boom, it's oh. right there. So okay. they can like still kind of have their cake and eat it too, you know. Okay, that's smart. Yeah, I mean, I I love Jackson Galaxy. He's he's the he's best. the man. He's he seems like such a sweetheart, and he's like he's like he's really good at like he knows cats. Obviously, like when you got your second cat, mm-hmm. uh, did you do the whole introduction thing like he suggested? Or yes, I, I okay, I did it like eighty five percent. I'd say I was definitely a little yeah. bit too eager to like have them like see Playing. each other and stuff yeah. but I, yeah. I for the most part followed it and it worked and, quite and well I, see i was gonna say because they seem to get along great yeah the problem is when my girlfriend moved in she had two cats as well and oh. we so we, we have four here now and <laughs> oh my uh, god yeah oh, wow i mean okay there's enough room where like they can all be like in their own room and we have like a bunch of different scratch posts and stuff so they can right. like they've got enough like stuff of really we've really catified our house but um yeah the we botched it <laughs> like we oh, did no. i was actually more strict with the cat introductions yeah and it went pretty well and so we started kind of like after two weeks like letting them uh 
be out with each other. And yeah. the one, like her one cat was like completely didn't give a shit about any of her surroundings and like lived with cats before. Like she was rescued. She was living in like a, a fertilizer plant in Bicycle, Alberta, oh which is like God. a shitty town in between here and Drumheller. <laughs> yeah. Like an old timey <laughs> gas station. So we're like, oh yeah, she's cool. Whatever. But Francis, my smallest cat who weighs like eight pounds, uh, absolutely terrorizes her. And so she oh was just God. like hiding underneath the, uh, is Francis pretty young too? Like two. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like young enough, but, um, yeah, she, uh, they, like she, it was just like untenable to have um, them out in the house together. So we went, okay, what happens if you mess up a cat introduction and we've like separated them and they've been yeah. separated now for like months, but now like if you open the door and, and Alice, the, uh, the new cat sees Francis just immediately runs away. Or if like, Aww. if you accidentally leave the door open where you're like going to grab a soda from the other room and they run in, it's like an immediate fight. So Aww. we've tried, uh, we've tried fell away, which my girlfriend has a horrible allergic reaction to. And her yeah. eyes like, dude, the felt the people at work were like asking if I hit her because her eyes were so red and puffy and shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, no, Wait, so just... what, what is, what's fell away? Fell away is uh... it's like, cat pheromones you plug in like a diffuser oh, and apparently okay. it's supposed to help a lot but yeah it like calms the cats down yeah. or something but it hasn't uh i mean i think it kind of works it hasn't worked yeah. enough where you can like leave them roaming with each other but right i guess Damn. three out of four when getting along isn't bad and we can just yeah we we want to get another dog or cat well not well, not well, a dog in the first place or another cat at some point um but kiki is just like she actually likes dogs. I think with a dog, it would be very easy. Mm -hmm. um, she's like totally fine with dogs, but cats, she does not like at all. And I know, mm. again, going back to like Jackson Galaxy, he's always like, no, that's like cats love other cats. They need to be other cats. And like, I, I mean, mean, we'll see. That, that was what it was with Francis when I got Grudel, my second cat. Like she, yeah. if she saw like any of the neighborhood cats outside the window, she'd freak the hell out. Yeah. But she was also like super zoomy and like running around and destructive. And she like chewed through. Oh, she was chewing through all your cables. Yeah, yeah. Like I had to spend about three hundred dollars on uh, different <sighs> gear because she like chewed through my microphone cable, which was hard to find, and I had to buy a new webcam because she chewed through that one and numerous phone chargers. And she oh my God. turned off my computer during a Patreon recording, so I had to buy like video recovery software. Oh. And getting the other cat actually like calmed her down a lot because she had someone to play with. Right. Yeah. Anyways, oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks. Um, <laughs> So since we last recorded Patreon on what was it Thursday we I guess right right before the Seattle game they won two games yeah, yeah they're they're two and zero yeah I think it's the they're it's back the, I hate to this team bump yeah yeah <laughs> and they looked well okay look I think they looked pretty good yesterday uh, although Delia really just like stole the game De them. yeah Delia definitely uh, definitely stole but the I game. mean in terms of like other people you know scoring goals and stuff they looked better whereas yeah. Like, the Seattle game was obviously all Pedersen. Yes. And if he was not in the lineup, it would have that, been another 5-1 five five one one loss, loss. Which is so funny. Yeah, um, that, that's really, man, really funny. He's so, <laughs> it, look, like obviously I think we both want them to either, like basically pick a direction and stick with it. And ideally mm -hmm. a year like this, you want them to uh, lose and sell yeah. and get more draft picks and, and what have you. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to complain if they're winning a game because... Elias Patterson is their best player. Yeah, no, that's absolutely cool. dominates. That and like, rules. Should have had six points. The 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 sequence in overtime where they hit three posts. Yeah. in like a minute was so crazy. Um, 
And if Patterson had just scored, oh man, can you imagine if he if he scored? If he got the hat trick, trick? Uh. holy shit! I so I was at one of his other five point games, the one against his first one against Colorado. Okay, um, and that's one of the best games I've ever been to. That was a seven six win. Now I have a <laughs> I have a trivia question for you, Aaron. Okay, shoot. Uh, so Pedersen had five points. He had a he did have a point on the OT winner, I believe. He did not score it. Do you remember who scored it? Oh. It's a, it's a very funny answer. Um, what year would it have been? Do you know? It was his rookie year, I think. So, uh, is that seventeen eighteen <laughs> or sixteen seventeen? Seventeen eighteen, I think it would have been right. Was it like I don't One know? Sec. Good Branson. That's a good guess. No, it was Derek Pouliot. Oh shit! Yeah, I never yeah. Really pulled that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he. So he was eighteen nineteen. That's right. eighteen nineteen. Yeah, he was okay. drafted in twenty seventeen. Uh, I was, man, I, I really have had, I don't know if it's just a, a product of getting older, but I've gotten so bad at like remembering specific years that like sports things happened in. Yeah. I, I think it's partially, it's like three things. It's like getting older. It's like caring less about the team. And then it's also like the COVID years have just like messed everything up. Yeah, so like, totally. Every, like, like, I, I know like that was before the COVID years, but like everything has blended the, together. The two and bubble it, the, years are just all in one for me, oh even though God, I know like yeah. one was a fun playoff run and the other one was like an incredibly disappointing year where they didn't make the playoffs in a terrible division. But, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> kind uh, of all the same. So to that Edmonton game, uh, it's probably like the worst I've seen their like not all of their underlines, but like scoring chances. <laughs> Right. Edmonton had a 68.75% of the high danger chances. Uh, um, and then 61 of overall scoring chances. And I guess like I just watched the third period. So, so maybe, yeah. maybe that's why I thought they played well. I didn't see the, the earlier parts, but it, yeah, like uh, I, I, same thing. Like I was, I was streaming uh, until yeah. like early in the second period. So I missed the first where they yeah. apparently were getting shellacked by the Oilers and it was it was Delia that kept him in it. Uh I did see Delia's like five alarm power play save though in the South game crazy. which was crazy. I mean I guess like obviously Martin was much better last year. Uh so you might as well like especially in this situation just like switch back and forth. But I, I mean I think now you play Delia again probably, right? That's interesting. I mean <laughs> they both uh, he, won their he, he last could, two games. Could, so he could just as easily like, you know, be a disaster next game too. Like that's that's this type of goaltending, this level of goaltending that like it's so unpredictable, right? But mm-hmm. I feel like I think you give him the next start probably because I think they're playing. I want to put they're playing San Jose next. I think on the twenty seventh. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and then it's like, like and then like the next San Jose's twelve games. Yeah, and then so. the next twelve games are against teams that are in the playoffs or yeah. or it's the Flames that were one spot out. So yeah. going to that game now, by the way. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, girlfriend Where picked us sitting? up tickets. Uh, like in the nosebleeds. Okay. Not yeah. like press level nosebleeds, but like section two. I'm just doxing myself at this game. It was like section two Oh four, I think like, which is behind yeah. where the Canucks shoot twice. Like kind of in the corner. Nice. And like quite a few rows up. So I'll be able to see most of the ice, which is cool. On like last time where I was, I could like reach out and touch the players, but couldn't see shit. Yeah. Oh, I guess I can, cause this episode's coming out on the 26th. I can say what I got my dad for Christmas. This oh, year, nice. What'd you get? Which was, uh, an autographed Canucks Jersey. It a, it's a Henrik Sedin Jersey autographed by both Sedins. But the best part of it is that it, it says on like the autograph, it says, uh, to Paul best wishes. And my dad's name is Paul. <laughs> so it's like the, it's like the perfect gift. Yeah. It's like you found the Sedins and actually got him to make that, uh, 
Exactly. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I should like tell him that I did that or just be like, no, I found it on eBay. <laughs> no, yeah, I think you should. I think you should lie to your father for Christmas. I think that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I've I've gotten him like a lot of Canucks related gifts over the years. Poor guy. Um, the, yeah, I know. But the best one I got him was. Um, we went to a Canucks Nashville game in, in Vancouver and we were sitting, I think essentially pretty much where you were sitting in the Calgary game, yeah. like kind of behind the bench there, sort of. So we were behind the Nashville bench. Um, and Dale Weiss, I think it, I want to say it was Dale Weiss got into a fight with a Nashville player, like directly in front of us. And then I checked Getty images the next day. And actually, this is what. If oh, you I noticed, remember. You I've should seen do this that too. photo. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, you should I do this should too because you might be in in some of the the photos there. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's me and my dad like standing up and cheering as Dale Weiss gets his like face caved in. Um, <laughs> so then I got the picture like blown up and framed for uh, for his Christmas present, and now it's down in like the the hockey room downstairs. Um, but I th I think the Sadine gift might top it. I think uh, I think he'll like that one a lot. Um, are you are you checking I'm, I'm right now to, to find out? I'm trying to find out. Yeah, well, she's going to make for great podcasting. Is, is oh, me yeah. looking up, looking Google, up look, Getty images? images. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man, I, I need to be able to sort it by. I think you can sort it by like most recent. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yep. yep, um, yep newest. But yeah, the the Seattle game I thought was Seattle game was hilarious because the the rest of the team did not play well. I think Kuzmenko played pretty well. Um, yeah, it's insane. Well, first, uh, and I'll I mean, say that this line well. played really well. That like, line played really well. I'll say this: like the the Lane Peterson addition in the Ethan Bear trade. I mean, it's looking really good. Looking quite good. Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> he's tearing up the AHL. He's like over a point per game in the AHL. Mm -hmm. Um, and if he can, if he can play on a line with Kuzmenko and pa like, I think. And also, how funny is it to have Pedersen and Peterson on the same line? I mean, that's yeah. such a good bit. There's, I love that. Cheech and Shorty are so good, man. They're like on during the Seattle game, and my girlfriend's a, a Flames fan, right? So the the games were thirty minutes off setting. So we had the laptop out with the Flames game on, and then the TV with the Canucks game. And then when it would like switch and we'd go to intermission in the Canucks game, we'd put the Flames game on the TV. So we'd watch like basically fifteen minutes of each period on the TV, and then five on the laptop, depending on how it was rotating. Yeah. And the commentators for the Flames were Rick Bell and Greg Millen. Oh, Rick Ball? Oh, Rick Ball, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, Rick Ball. You know what? I'll say this about Rick Ball. I've come to appreciate him a bit more um, with, like, the, the Oilers guy. Um, Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, I, I, I mean, there's just... I, I think we are just really, really spoiled with, with Shorty. And, look, I mean, John Garrett is, like... If you're not a Canucks fan, I think you probably hate him. And he's I, a I homer, totally but it. It, at least he's like funny, and that's that's the thing. He's funny, and he seems like a sweet old man. And he's entertaining. He's not a homer in like the Jack Edwards sense, where it's like, oh, this is like horrible. He's a homer in that he'll see like every like penalty or potential like called back goal in the Canucks' favor. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, he wants the Canucks to win, which I guess would be the definition of a homer. But like <laughs> the. Uh, Last night against um, the Oilers, like Steppenwolf was playing before a puck drop, and the shorty, yeah, it's not shorty. Uh, Cheech is just like yeah, a little bit of Steppenwolf. <laughs> <laughs> God. Was, oh yeah, and then what reason I bring this up? 
is uh, when Pedersen scored that that goal from, with the dish from from Peterson. Oh my God, not Peterson. When Lane Pedersen scored that goal from a- when Peter when Peterson scored from Pedersen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> um, Shorty's call is like Pedersen from Pedersen or whatever, and yeah. she just says uh, <laughs> and Kuzmenko. And then Shorty <laughs> says, "Yeah, but that doesn't rhyme. It's just they have like good chemistry. <laughs> they they're really cute. Do, yeah. They're funny. Yeah. Um, and then you turn it over and you have to listen to fucking Greg Millen. Ugh. Oh, I can't believe Greg Millen is still because I remember growing up watching Hockey Night in Canada, and my dad and I fucking hated. It was so Greg bad. Millen. Well, because that and was, that was when, in like the early two thousands. Right? Yeah, because you'd have um, uh, he Jim hate, Houston. He hated the Canucks too. You'd have Jim Houston calling yeah. the the play by play." And yeah. you're used to him calling games with Cheech on the Sportsnet regional broadcasts. Yeah. But then on Saturdays, you have to watch him call games with either Craig Simpson or Greg Millen. It was so bad. Yeah. yeah. The the Oilers yeah. broadcast is, yeah, particularly bad. Um, the, the play-by-play guy's all right, just to, like, hear him call games. But the... Uh, I feel like I do so much body shaming on this podcast. But the, the color guy for the Oilers was, like, the big, like, f- round face... Yeah. You know the one. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He's awful. I was <laughs> I was just watching the the Oilers play the other night like um casually and I, th- I forget if it was the I think it was the play-by-play guy. I did tweet it out from the the show account, but he was like yeah. <laughs> This team is o- <laughs> Intelligence is oozing from them, and they can converse about things other than hockey. They're so they're all very articulate. <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's because they were talking to like it was it was the dad's trip, and they were talking to oh, um, yeah. Zach Hyman's dad. Okay, which is also I mean, kind I of will funny say because his dad was talking about like owning the like local. I think it was Major Junior Team or something oh, at the time. Is that um, is that Len Barry? Wasn't that was wasn't because isn't he he would have been one of the dads on the dad trip right this is this is the Oilers dad's trip yeah because he's Tyson I think he's Tyson Berry's dad no it was it was, he, it was Zach Hyman's dad oh Zach Hyman's dad because I know I think Len Barry got interviewed as well I remember I, mm. I saw people posting about this and he was just he sounded totally insane um because I think he's like he's like very rich now I believe and is now like a like a real estate developer guy cool um. Uh, well, maybe, I tried, oh, I tried well, Googling him and I just maybe got not. Lane Barrier, which was <laughs> a bunch of pictures of highways. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 this is kind of always what happens uh, with the Canucks. Like you said, they're a middling team. Um, so we will talk a lot of shit about them. They will have lost two horrible games in a row where they played like absolute shit. Uh, and then they will just pull two wins out of their asses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just kind of what it's going to be for the rest of the year. Yeah, and like these, these last two games, like I kind of just want them to lose every game as as horrible as possible to embarrass Aquilini and actually like get yes. a proper rebuild. Oh, but did you see the guy holding the phone? They sell the team. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that wonderful. Ruled. Every Shout every little bit him. helps, folks. Yeah, Thank you. Um, <laughs> nice work. <laughs> but these last two games, like yeah, seeing. Pedersen go off with five points and a shootout winner. I'm down for that. 
And I think I hate seeing the Oilers win more than any other team in the NHL. Yeah, be- beating the Oilers in Edmonton is is nice. I can I can allow that. You yeah, know? The only that's thing fine. I'm, by I'm bummed about is I was like discussing going to that game earlier this year, and yeah. then, like decided to go against it because I'm going to school in January. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's so cool seeing them fucking lose, and in like an embarrassing way too. That yeah. that goal that JT scored against Skinner, where it like bounces that was so up funny. and like lobs over his head, and then you had McDavid's like tantrum, which was hilarious as well. I mean, look, I love Connor McDavid. He's like one of the most exciting. He's the most exciting player in in all of hockey, right? But man, that was so funny seeing him I, throwing I, a tantrum and falling down. I hate his stupid little face. He is very whiny, but I I, I think uh, I probably would also go insane if I had to. Uh, I was like as the best hockey player in the world, and I was forced to live in Edmonton. Yeah, uh, well, that's his choice like, for signing such a long contract there, though. That's insane to me. I feel like, I mean, obviously it's like reading into it, but like you know, at the draft lottery itself, when Edmonton won, the look on his face was not a good look. Um, but then, yeah, he did resign there. In all fairness to him, but like on some level, you have to think like he would love to go sign in like you know New York or yeah. LA or like. Where, you know, wherever, right? That'd be better because uh, I could actually enjoy him without having to see I know the Oilers I, win, I, you know? I That's exactly it. I love watching him play. He's so fun to watch play, obviously. But man, it's just like, it, there's he's on the worst team for me to enjoy. Like, Austin Matthews I can enjoy. I don't hate the Leafs. I feel like I don't hate the Leafs as much as the average Canucks fan hates the Leafs. No, I, I, I don't really care anymore. Like, in the Darcy Tucker years, I hated them. But yeah. this current team, like, it's funny when they lose. It's funny but, they lose, and they're also I mean, like a pretty likable team. Too, exactly, I think. I think they're quite likable. Um, and also, I think, like I, you know, I'm friends with uh, John Cullen. I, I host Block Party with him, and I, so I feel like his uh, sadness has sort of rubbed off on me a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I get it now. You guys are it's this, it's the same shit as us, basically. You know, we've we've been there. Yeah. Um. So I I get it, but with the Oilers, it's just like Jesus Christ. Like you just you what have you done to deserve the other best player in in the history of hockey? Yeah, I think you know? they they just. With the, with the Leafs, um, the fact that they have a, a forward-thinking front office makes them a bit yeah. more likable as well. Um, but yeah, the yeah the Oilers that they've fumbled into it, and they're like they do okay despite their best efforts. Yeah, here's actually uh. so I got into an argument, not an argument, but I was like discussing. Like I have this coworker who's a like a big Flames fan, and yeah. uh, we will talk hockey occasionally. But he's one of those. Uh, Connor, he says like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl play too much, and it's got to be discouraging for the Oilers. <laughs> and what? I, yeah, I'm like, well, well, what do you really want? Do you want like, are you going to a, a, a an Oilers game to see Warren Fogle play? Like, no, I, I want McDavid to have more ice time. And he's like, well, he's not good at defense. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter because he scores way more goals. And I looked up uh, Connor McDavid's uh, like year stats. Yeah, and his like actual on ice goals for and against at five on five this year is e- dead even. Really? Yeah, which probably explains why they're in a wild card spot and not in yeah. like a like yeah. His underlying numbers spot. are weirdly not as obviously his like goals and assists and points are like insane, but his mm-hmm. underlying numbers that are I was reading are not as good this year as they, as they have been in the past. Yeah, because I remember in the past like where you look over multiple seasons and it's like when McDavid and Drysaddle are on the ice, they're like controlling like fifty seven percent of goals scored and yeah. then off the ice. So at least it was like dead even and I got to say we're both wrong. But <laughs> yeah. 
I think Pedersen's underlying numbers, he's like top five in the league, I'm pretty sure. Uh, um, it, it, I, I saw, maybe it was, it was for one specific number. I saw him as like second in the league, and I forget what it was for. I think Jason Robertson was up there as well. Um, man, there's a play, like... Uh, the Canucks need a the Canucks need a player like a Jason Robertson level prospect to just come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? That would be. And, and I don't want to say coming out of nowhere necessarily because I think a lot of smart, even like on on like HF boards, the smartest posters on HF boards were like the Canucks should draft Jason Robertson because mm-hmm. he was the type of player where in his draft year his big problem was his skating. Yeah. But he was so good at everything else, right? And I feel yeah, like he was still putting up is, a ton of points, right? Yeah, and so skating is one of those things that you can like Horvat skating has gotten so much better, right? So I look yeah. at a player in in the in the draft this year, for example, like uh, like a Matthew Wood, right, where he's like mm-hmm. this big dude who's putting up a ton of points in in college hockey, played in the BCHL last year, tore it up. But people are concerned about his skating because he's kind of a bigger guy, and like I don't know, I feel like nowadays that can be fixed like that sh- i don't want to say it's the least of your concerns obviously yeah it can be you, really you bad can, you can like, certainly get better at it i think for this canucks team it would be nice to have some more fast skaters because it yeah. seems to be like really affecting them on their breakouts yeah uh, like, but that's also like you don't have a defenseman besides Hughes that can make like a clean breakout pass yeah um, him and bear i guess and i mean yeah maybe dermot if he starts playing but and you know what it it, it doesn't suck obviously because like you can never draft for positional need in the. You shouldn't draft for positional yeah. need in in the draft, really, especially in the first round. Um, later on, whatever. But uh, this is like there's like no defensemen in this draft this yeah, year. Yeah, it's like all forwards, very very right? few. I think the top guy is like I want to say he's like an Austrian defenseman. Oh, weird. Or German or, or let me yeah. But I I I don't know. I mean, uh, elite prospects just came out with their list, uh, their draft list, and it's. It's different from a lot of other ones. Oh, really? I think the top the top three are basically the same um, as pretty much everyone else's. Uh, oh, they have Carlson third, Mitch Cobb fourth. Um, but they have Andrew Andrew Cristal uh, fifth. Okay, which is very interesting. But he's he's one of those players. He's just putting up the points, right? Like, so I think I think a thing the Cucks have done over the last few years, draft wise, is they're they're trying to take on lots of projects that could hit big. Like if you yeah. look at the Klimovich pick, yeah. Um, that was his name Grenier that they took in like the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. There's they, they've done that. Year. I feel like they've done that since Gillis when Gillis was taking the overage guys just to kind of like almost so, like money puck his way out of things. Right. I, but like, it's just like, it's always like big guys or guys that can skate fast and they don't care like which leagues they're putting up points in. Yeah. And I'd love for them to go for like, players that like you know maybe they're a little smaller maybe their skating isn't good but they have very high hockey iq and they're dominating yes. somewhere you, in the like, chl or college it's hockey cliche, or something but like you you can't teach that right you yeah. cannot teach hockey iq so oh man i'm just i really am getting so excited for this draft who is it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's gonna be so good i mean i'm i'm specifically Damian excited Gardner's, who was i was thinking about yes. the like high school guy that fourth round pick yeah um, I, I mean, the main reason, uh, I will do another keeper league update here. I'm now Owen 11, my man, uh, John Cullen just beat me in a, in a shortened week granted, but he did just beat me. Um, so the, the next lowest win total is three. So I, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but it's looking like I have at least the fourth overall pick locked up, which is uh, nice, huge, very nice guaranteed. One of those big four guys. Um, but like. The other thing is there's 14 guys in our league, right? So my second round pick will be a 15th overall pick. So oh, I'm going to yeah. have 
and I have two other first rounders. So I'm going to have four picks in the top 15 of like You're one of the best set drafts up of in all a few time. years. We'll see. It's going to take a while. All right. So our, our, the guy who's in first in our league right now has McDavid and Jason Robertson on his team. And it's just like, oh, God, he must be cleaning and he, up. And he picked Jason Robertson up off waivers, right? Because that was the type, he was the type of player where in our league, you would, this is before we had farm teams, right? Yeah. So he would just get dropped, right? Yeah, right. Um, God, yeah. that's a bit of luck. Yeah. Speaking of McDavid and kind of circling back to it, there's a tweet that I saw yesterday, I guess two days ago, that I wanted to highlight. It was from um, Grognier, I think is how you say her name, Holgrain on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Grognier. Grognier, yeah. People people be like, see, Connor McDavid has personality and then show you a commercial for car insurance. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) McDavid has zero personality (laughs) at all. Like none. You know who who does have personality? Elias Hmm. Patterson. Yeah. I like how he's sour. Oh, I love that he is full on. Uh, I think someone posted a picture of him next to the Sedins because mm-hmm. he's he has he's, oh, yeah, he's no, like shaved he's just his going head. Sedine mode. I think it was. Uh, let me see if I can find it. But like since he's done that, he's just become such a better player. It's, yeah, it's I, like, I remember first seeing that in the off season. It was like uh, he had that like deadlifting photo when his head was shaved, and I think yeah. as soon as he did team pictures this year, and then it popped up again recently. Yeah, here it is. It was uh, Vanessa at Big Sports Van, uh, mm. and and she posted a picture. And he really does look like yeah. a Sedine. He has the facial hair. He's got the huge forehead. <laughs> he has the shaved head. I mean, I I love it. He looks so serious. So this is something I was great. We've oh. talked about it before, but I keep bouncing back and forth on what I want them to do with Kuzmenko. When I'm like my most pessimistic about the team, I'm like, yep, yeah, trade him. If you get a high pick, that's all we need. Fuck this team. But then you see him play and how well he's played with Pedersen, and he just is incredibly likable too. That I would love to see him continue to play for years <laughs> uh, on this team. I mean, I I know like um, you know, uh, Jackson McDonald has posted like you have to trade Kuzmenko, and like I I I'm totally here for that. I get argument, it. And I, I understand I the it. reasoning completely. I think part of it is just like this team has been so miserable for the last decade and we have this little spark of like fun and great chemistry between Kuzmenko and the most important player to the franchise since the Sedins and a player that like you like if you have to keep Pedersen you have if you look and we've talked about this before. Well, I mean, look at the games without Pedersen and then look at these last two, right? Oh my God, you (laughs) you have to keep Pedersen. He's... He should be the next captain, clearly. Like, mm-hmm. it's clear he's the heart of the team. He's the leader. Uh, and him still, and Kuzmenko still get along third so line, well. apparently, though. I don't know. Whatever. I don't. Yeah. Fuck. Shit pisses like, me off. <laughs> Kuzmenko is such a fun player, such a fun personality. He's legitimately really good. I have never seen a player on the Canucks, basically since Burroughs, who's that good at just the tap-ins. Yeah, like at the net, he's so like that, the tap the that he got against Seattle, where he was like, was, he was just like beaver tailing yeah. so hard on the ice for uh, for Peterson Kessler esque, and it was a great it was a great pass from Peterson as well. Peterson to Peterson to Kuzmenko, like mm-hmm. if there's something like if you have something with Lane to go back to Lane Peterson, mm-hmm. if you have something there with him, like I'm it it really does get me excited for the pro scouting side of of this team. Yeah. If if you get a steal like Lane Peterson and obviously we're speaking this very early returns here. Yeah, he has looked games, great in the right. AHL. Just based on the AHL returns, I think mm-hmm. it was a win. Um but if he can if he can play well with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, Fuck I mean it. who can really? Those are two <laughs> yeah. world-class players obviously, but like he's able to keep up. He clearly has some chemistry I, with for them. For some reason like, I thought he was 27. 
He's twenty five. He's twenty five. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, he's a year younger he's his, than he's Kuzmenko. in his prime. I guess. Yeah, would say, right? I suppose. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's found money, right? That's what it is. It's just found I, money. You're getting you're getting that for a fifth round pick. Like, I'm fine with them. And same with the Studnika trade. You know, I'm I'm fine with them making that type of trade now if they're going to win the trades. I think the issue is when Benning would make those trades, it would be for it would be giving up Forsling for uh Clendenning, right? Yeah. Or the second round pick for Lyndon Vay, which like again, <laughs> we've said this before, but like that is low key like a bottom three, bottom five move. Yeah, in, well and in I Benning's mean, history. I keep bringing it up, but that that pick turned into Rasmus Anderson as well, which Stings a little bit. I think that was the bear. I think that was the Berchi one. Was that Berchi? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Lyndon Bay one, I think, was Roland McCown, who I remember HF boards being sort of enamored with, but I think just because it was our our second round pick, and I don't think he ever really turned into anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, The Anderson one was was Berchi, but I mean, I can't believe how many fucking second round picks they traded away. God damn it. I I, I guess it kind of comes down to what the Kuzmenko contract looks like. And I it's, remember when they were courting him, a lot of the talk was, and like when he decided to go with the team and they're talking to Dan Milstein, it was Vancouver sold him on the long-term vision and the opportunities and him being able to be with the the team for a long time. And if you think back to that, that was like before Brock had been yeah. re-signed or maybe it was right after Brock had been re-signed, but they still didn't sign JT. And you're like, okay, well, this means that, that, that Miller's out and he's going to be kind of put into that position. And especially when, McKayev was signed as well, but uh, he he hasn't been. So you like, how are they promising that? Like, what was their idea to keep him with the team long term? Like, was the idea at the time still that they were going to get rid of of Miller? I, think, I, I wonder if the idea was, hey, we're going to be bad enough to draft uh, Matt Vay Mitchkov. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, because the the goal is to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. So I, I think I, from like a salary standpoint. Assuming you lose Bo, um, that money goes to, that you, to Kuzmenko. You just give that money to Kuzmenko, which I think like, you do because definitely then, then doesn't Myers make is you gone. any better. Pay, any better on paper? Well, Myers yeah. is still here next season for six mil. I mean, oh yeah, get, no, but, get, but I mean, I feel like they could maybe trade him in the off season, yeah. and then so let's say let's say they trade Horvat. You get rid of Myers in the off. You trade Horvat to resign Kuzmenko. Get rid of Myers in the off season. Maybe buy out OEL. I doubt that's happening, but no. let's say it does. Then you have room to sign Pedersen to a huge deal because we're looking at, for Pedersen. We're looking at like twelve million, I think minimum at this point. He's so twelve. I mean, because the the cap. I really think <sighs> I think eleven or twelve million. Yeah, for for Pedersen. I I really it's it's definitely it's it's ten plus for sure. But ten plus I, I for legitimately, sure. Yeah. I think Pedersen has every right to ask for like the highest possible contract, and he will get it. I mean, I like, think if you're the Canucks, so you, I think if you're the Canucks, you start at nine and a half, and then they'll ask for like maybe the twelve, and you're going to meet somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, maybe it's like eleven, ten and a half, yeah. or something. But like, if yeah, if he takes ten, you take that oh, every yeah. single day. Um, uh, but I really do think it's going to be closer to twelve. Um. He's on pace for 106 points, I think, this year. 40 goals. Like, it's crazy. He's so good. He has 40, this, he has 40 points before Christmas. Like, that's so good. I, well, here's, here's a question. I think I saw this on either HF Boards or the Canucks subreddit. But mm-hmm. do you think at some point in his career, Pedersen will break the single-season scoring record for the Canucks, which I believe is held by Henrik Sedin? Uh, so and, the Henrik Sedin record is, I believe, 114 points. I'm looking it up right now. Um, uh, 112 points. 112. I uh, 
don't know. I mean, this scoring is, is up. Scoring is up a lot. My, my answer to this is just like what I heard on Halford and Bruff yesterday <laughs> because they were talking about this exact same thing. Yeah. But the, when, when, when Henrik put up those points, it was when the Canucks were like the best team in the league. And so I think for Pedersen to realistically be able to beat that, even with scoring up, they would have to be a top team in the league and they'd have to have more than one defenseman that can distribute to them. Because I agree with that. So yeah, much. I mean, because a lot of those points were him like distributing to other players that could score as well. Yeah. And but so, then Miller had 99 points last year on a pretty bad team. So. Yeah. So, like, I could, like, you know, Pedersen getting this is that extra, you know, 15 points that you'd have to get, right? So I, yeah. I think it, it's, it's, it's possible. It's possible, especially if the team's able to improve somehow. But yeah. uh, let's call it 50 Man. 50 from my, my standpoint. That season was so fun, the 112-point season. Holy shit. That I think was ba- crazy. Certainly back to Kuzmenko for a second. If you can unload yeah. like Garland or, or Besser, I think it, it starts to make to. way more sense. But yeah. you're also... You're, I think you're going to be retaining salary, or especially on, on, on Besser at this point, or you're going to be taking back other bad money, or you're going to be adding in sweeteners, which I don't think the team wants to do to do that. So yeah. it certainly Or you're getting like murkier. a seventh-round pick at most. Like Besser... I mean, I love the guy, but it, I, he seems done. Like, he just seems done. He seems kind of cooked. Or, well, at least at the very least, he needs to be in a different situation. I, I, think. I would agree with that. I mean, I think he's still an NHL quality player, but like, oh, I, yeah, he does not seem like a top that. six player right now. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a $6.65 million player either. No. Um, oh, so here's, here's some. Here's an optimistic thing I was thinking about. We can okay. switch it up here. Do you think that assuming Boudreaux's gone in the offseason, which yeah. uh, it, which seems like clear, almost a guarantee is going yeah. to happen. Yeah. And they get new coach that's really structure based. Yeah. That like focuses more on team defense. Like look at what happened with uh Winnipeg when they got uh What's his name? The old guy that was oh, an assistant bon- coach here. Bonus. Bonus. Rick Bonus. Yeah. Um, not not a great coach, but when, if he's you, been around for so long. He's though, been around right? for like so long, and yeah. he like makes them play a very structured game, yeah. and, and they've kind of reap the rewards. And then Hellebuck's also had a big bounce really back, good. which you could he, definitely yeah. see happening with. Um, I want to say bonus coach as well. The auto the expansion Ottawa they Senators. Did. Yeah, yeah. I'm I think, sure. I think he which was is so long ago. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's been around for a while. He looks pretty good for his age too. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> do do you think the Canucks could have that type of bounce back next season with like another off season of like improving around the edges, or will the loss of Horvat guarantee that they're bad, just as bad next year as well? I guess. Yeah, I guess the question is like, who do you replace Horvat with? Do do they? I don't think they have the room to make a big free agent splash or like a trade. I guess it depends on if you trade Horvat for like another young center, maybe there's there's something, but like it just like really depends on if they trade Horvat at all. First Mm -hmm. of all, Um, if they resign him, it's just going to be the same mushy middle bullshit over and over again. Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine a situation where they resign him, but I I don't, I don't know. I mean, it really, I mean, we said this on the Patreon earlier this week and if you're not a patron, uh, please sign up only $5 bonus podcast, like every week now, Every week, and we're getting towards our, we're heading towards our goal. Uh, once we get five hundred dollars on the Patreon, we are going to be paying for a cameo, uh, cameo.com from John Taffer, the host of Bar Rescue. Yep. 
and we are going to get him to tell Aquilini to shut it down and sell the team, uh, which I think people would love. And I think Aquilini will listen to Taffer because Taffer is a pretty yeah. smart business guy. Yeah, know? exactly. He's been around the block. There's definitely some, uh, but we we said like, what do we say about that? Centers, Bo, uh, I forget why I even brought that up. Anyways, I'm looking at a list of UFA centers right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there's Jonathan Taze, Ryan O'Reilly, Sean Monahan, Dylan Larkin. You're not going to be able to afford him. Jordan Stahl, no. old as hell. Uh, Bo Horvat, I know him. Joe Pavelski, Patrice Bergeron, Alex Killorn, Dylan Strom, Alex Kerfoot, JT Comfer, Pavel Zaka, Lars Ellers, and then it's... Maybe you bring in Monahan, who's bounced back a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, I just... Yeah, there's not so, like uh, there's definitely players where I could see, you know, Aquilini saying, "No, you have to sign Ryan O'Reilly." Yeah, and giving him a, a bad money contract, but uh, I could see them throwing a bunch of money at like JT Comfer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that type of player. Where so there, I guess they're giving are him like some a McKayev type contract. Yeah, on a on on on. But but if you want to resign Pedersen, if you want to resign Kuzmenko, like there's no room to make a big splash unless a lot of changes are made. Unless you trade Horvat or let him walk, unless you trade Myers in the offseason, unless you get rid of Besser and Garland, like they just have so much wasted space. I think what it and, is is like they can't just do what they did last offseason when you think big moves are coming, but they're they're just not. So yeah. they, they'll they will have to actually they have make to make some big, big decisions. You can't just keep. Working they're kicking the, the can edges. down the road, right? They just keep. They uh, have to at some point make a decision. I think I remember what I brought up the Patreon for is we talked about like the new hook thing, which a lot of Canucks fans are enamored with after the uh, yeah. report that the Canucks are looking for a young roster player. So if something like that were to happen in trade and they take the next step and are good, I could maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Each season is so different. Like, I no one would have thought the fucking Seattle Kraken would be in a. Pacific playoff spot going into this year. So, yeah, I just, I, I, God, I really, oh, I just really need them to actually, like, you know, sh- shit or get off the pot, basically. We're at, we're at that, we're once again at that point where, and look, the Canucks have made big splashes the last couple seasons. They made the OEL. Game. That was a huge splash. It was a horrible splash, but it was a huge splash. It definitely piqued my interest. Oh, yeah. But I, I just, I really need, and look, again, we, we talk about this over and over again. The pro scouting does seem to have been improved. I don't want to say substantially, but it, I guess it, I guess it has been improved substantially based on the small yeah. trades and moves they've made. Like they've targeted the right guys for the most part. The JT Miller thing is still insane to me. I, it still confuses me. I don't understand it. I have to assume ownership was maybe involved there or something, but I just, the 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 moves they've made the little moves they've made that does give me hope that they could potentially nail hockey deals they they could target the right players um so i i think i i think there is still a little bit of reason to have a little bit of faith in this front office more so than i did with jim benning ever mm-hmm. um but i i just i don't know but I, they still I, resign jt miller they re-signed JT Miller, you know, like I, who knows how involved ownership is necessarily. We don't know what the plan is. Um, or yeah, if there is a plan like, yeah. So, well, this is something I said on Patreon was we can't keep giving them that benefit of the doubt. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Until they actually prove it by doing good 
big moves. I, I, I'm not going to give them the the ownership excuse unless there's, you know, reports like five years from now when they're fired and they're in their next GM and uh, there's a tell all or like, oh, yeah. Oh, man, I, I really would love it. So is, is that your we, Christmas we still wish for the team? I mean, my Christmas wish for the team is a new owner. Number one, I don't mm-hmm. think that's happening. I think that's probably both of our. That's every connection. Now, now would wish. your mommy and daddy let you get a new owner? Would they say it's too expensive? I think it's a little too expensive. Yeah. Um. I. I so I don't. I don't know that that's necessarily happening. Um. But I think you know, a, a clear direction, ideally towards selling and doing like a, somewhat of a rebuild or a retool, uh, would be great as well. I think nailing the Bo Horvat trade. I think just trading him in the first place, but also nailing the trade is obviously that's on my wish list too. That's item number um, one for me. Yeah, trade it's, him and get I, a that's good return. It's more realistic, obviously, yeah. than new ownership. So, um, I would say it's that, and I, I do want to see Pedersen crack a hundred points. I think that would be so sick. That would be dope too. If we're just talking about like on ice stuff, I think that's that's like number two or three for me. Yeah. No, Christmas Christmas wish list is uh one get a good return for Bo Horvat two. Get a good return for Luke Shen. Three. Yeah. Pedersen, the captain. But I think that'd be like an offseason thing if Bo does get traded this year. I think they just roll with assistant captains. Maybe you give him the A. Um Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're we're getting a new captain this year if they trade Bo. I think that's a that's a thing where they do like a ceremony at the start of next season. Or even still go next season without a, a new captain potentially. But I think it has to be Patterson. I yeah. just don't know how it could be anyone else. Like I, if you gave it to JT Miller, that's like the biggest <laughs> fuck of all time. I don't think they would, but man, it I, it it could not be more clear to me who like the heart and soul of the team yeah. is and who the best player on the team is. Well, that's and who a- like leads by example too, right? Like how often do you see Patterson like like slumped over or like not skating hard or not trying or like no, fussing or whatever. Really committed. That's what makes That's him such JT a good penalty killer as JT, well, right? JT Miller is like slumped over on the ice, not skating, not, not back checking. Right. Like it, it seems so obvious to me who the next captain should be. But yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It doesn't even have his a yet. There's another thing with Kuzmenko. Do you see that there's some report about how uh Pedersen and Kuzmenko have a budding friendship off the ice. Oh, I can believe it. Yeah, so it. I hundred percent believe it. it when yeah. you're talking, like, there's an argument about like you can't trade Shen. What will Pedersen think? Like, I think that's a pretty good reason to bring back Kuzmenko. I agree. If it, if yeah. it helps Pedersen sign here long term, fuck it, because he's yeah, like young and scores 100%. and they have good chemistry on the ice. If you're keeping Pedersen happy, that's that's the most important thing to this team. I think. Um, uh, before we wrap things up, should we talk about the Chris Gear tweet? Oh yeah. <laughs> That was so funny. Yeah, so he's... Um, uh, I, I, this all started because he was talking about the Pedersen Bridge deal. Chris Gear, former Canucks GM, or a, yeah. assistant general a, manager. AGM. I, you know, seemed to me to be like maybe the smartest guy in the room, which is sort of... That explains a lot. Um, but he did say... So someone asked him, isn't it important to consider the team's contention window and that they were never in a position to challenge for a cup during Pedersen's bridge term? Therefore, it's better to have the cash cap savings in what will now be years three to five of his new long-term deal. Um, so that's a reasonable question, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Gear said, theoretically, yes, but the three-year period was thought to also be within that window. You know how that has unfolded. <laughs> um, now, you can read into that what you will. I, I don't necessarily think it means he thought that. 
Although I think on on some level, I think probably listen, he did. Listen to Jim Benning after the OEL trade. Yeah, he thought I, he I was think, like a, a a solid like number two defenseman. I I yeah. So I I well, he thought he was like a he thought he was a Norris winning D man. He yeah. thought he was like still like one of the best D men in the league. I, I so. If I'm being generous to Chris Gear here, I think he's almost he's sort of saying like, yeah, my boss and my and my uh, and the owner and you know um, uh, Wisebroad, you know they they thought that the Canucks were going to contend, um, but I don't know. At the same time, it's like Chris Gear has tweeted some pretty weird stuff. Uh, yeah, and I, and I look, I pretty pretty I, consistently it, it, bad opinions. It's. It is cool though that he is like openly posting this stuff. I do appreciate that. It is nice to kind of get that behind the scenes view, right? Because obviously mm. we're never going to get that from Jim Benning. No, you know? I don't think he knows how to work his phone. But um, it, it really does explain a lot that either Chris Gear believed this or the guys above him believed this, which we know 100% they did. But the fact they thought the Canucks would be contending now. And I guess we already kind of knew that because Benning had said, oh, the plan is to contend like two years from now back in like, what well, was it, 2017, their, 2018? Their like, it's not a surprise. Their contention window was when they traded the first pick for Miller. Yeah, that's when it should have been. But. Well, I mean, because you had Miller making a reasonable amount of money. You had Bo Horvat making a reasonable amount of money like in their statistical primes. You had like, you know, your Chris Tanev and your, your Markstrom and Ned and they like pulled the trigger onto Foley. And then you also had Patterson and Hughes being very good on entry level contracts. Like that is when the the window was. It's just the team around them wasn't wasn't good enough, right? And then when they did yeah. actually make the bubble playoffs, which I think is always with an asterisk, and they did win a couple of rounds. Uh, immediately after ownership said, "Nah, get rid of them. Too expensive. Like this is the way forward." And then they lost kind of the veteran leadership that helped get them there, which pretty much closed that window, right? So it's, yeah, they're like a team at like the end of their window now without having any of the fun of success of actually contending. So, but yeah, not sign, uh, signing Pedersen to a bridge deal was was incredibly fucking stupid. Very, very stupid. And, uh, and they didn't... <laughs> If they didn't throw in the first in the OEL trade, if they were just like, we're taking back this bad money to have more money this season, didn't get Connor Garland back, they easily could have fucking done it. Which is, a that's another thing that's annoyed me about this current team is like, they say they want to carve out cap space and they did by trading like Hamannick last year, but then you bring back Dermott and don't have as much cap space. Yeah. Or you do a cash dump for, for Dickinson, you give away a second round pick and you bring back shitty fucking Riley Stillman's ass to have less of it, right? <laughs> So uh, like, I, I would just like to see them fully send it and commit. I guess that's my, my Christmas wish. Stop yeah. pussyfooting around. Exactly. Shit or get off the pot. Yeah. You know, go, do, do something. Like one way or another, just do something, right? I, I'm, I'm so tired of approaching the trade deadline and just like not knowing what they're going to do, you know? <laughs> like, I, I, just, I just want a clear direction. Even yeah. if it's a bad direction... At least then we know what they're doing. <laughs> well, but I think we this, got the bad direction in the offseason. It just hasn't panned out this, did, yeah. uh, this season to date. Oh, Wait, one thing. I, I, was, I was wondering this as I was driving home yesterday, but I didn't look it up. Where were the Canucks in points at this point last season? Because this point last season, they went on that like eight-game winning streak after the Boudreaux bump, right? Right, yeah. I think they were... They, yeah, because they had just started going on 
They were like in the midst of that win streak, right? Yeah. Uh, Green got fired early December, right? Um, yeah. So they would have won. Yeah, they would have won like five or six in a row by this point, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this this was everyone was very excited about the Canucks this time last year. And mm. uh, things have sort of changed a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's like uh, maybe we'll do more of a like year in review before the new year. But uh, yeah, last year there was a ton of hope because you bring in Trader Jim and he's known for yeah. for blowing teams up. And then uh, this year, a year later, it's just more of the same. And I think that's why Canucks fans are so so jaded and upset now. It's not that like the product that we're seeing is that much worse than what we saw last year to this point. Well, I guess last year there was the hope of the win streak and stuff as well. But like... Um. Yeah, we're just like, oh, okay, it's just going to be more of the the same old shit. What website yeah, would I, I go to to see where they were at for points at like this point last year? How does Sportsnet do it? <laughs> you can do NHL historical standings by date. Let's see. Uh, NHL standings, and I think you can set a date. Yeah, so it would have been twenty one, twenty two, December twenty fourth. Uh, let's see what we got here. So the Canucks at that point. Uh, it doesn't show like, it doesn't show like a win streak or anything, but yeah. they were, well, oh like, no, it's just, it's just showing their, no, it just shows the final standings. One second. Is there a way to do, oh, okay. Uh, com, uh, division choose date. There we go. So I think this works. Yeah. So at this time last year after this is December 28th, mm-hmm. uh, Vancouver was 14, 15 and two. Okay. Uh, uh and then before, so when, uh, I'll, I'll go back to December 1st of that year. Mm-hmm. So 14, 15, and 2, and then they were 8, 14, and 2 Okay. Uh, at, the, at the start of December. So they, this is, yeah, they went in the, that big streak. Yeah. So right now the Cucks are 15, 15, and 3. So Essentially the same record. one more OTL and one more regulation win, but it's just effectively the same. So we've kind of taken the same route or a different route to get to the same place. Yeah. Um, but I guess it just comes down to will they just will they rattle off any like six of sevens or I think they went on another seven game win streak in like February or March, right? And then they, I mean, I just don't know with this team. They, they, I, I they would like win seven and then lose three, and they'd like they'd like didn't they? Because they lost that rescheduled game to Ottawa. Because yeah. that that was like another crazy thing. I guess we're doing the year in review right now, but <laughs> it was like you're in Omicron, right? And yeah. they weren't going to be able to have fans in the stands, and they were like on this incredible hot streak. Yeah, and then Ottawa was supposed to play, but they rescheduled it for March, and the Canucks then had to fly to Florida, like after like ten games of not playing. Yeah, um, when they could have had that like tune-up game against an easy-to-win game against Ottawa, and the Ottawa became a second game of a back-to-back after they I, they won the game before I forget who it was against. It was like a pretty significant one against like St. Louis or Colorado or something, and then um, they lost in overtime to uh, to the Senators uh, when Canucks legend Adam Gaudet, the hockey god, scored an <laughs> OT. <laughs> <laughs> and then at that point, they were only able to like, they could only afford like maybe two losses to theoretically stay in the playoffs, and that kind of that kind of sunk them. Uh, yeah. 
So I just I want I just want by the deadline for it to be clear one way or the other. Are they in the playoff race and like like close to the playoffs, not like seven, eight points out. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or are they like 12, 13, 14 points out, which hopefully they will be by then. Um, Because I just I again, I can't I can't see them going on a seven, eight game win streak, but that you just never know with this team. This team is so yeah. stupid and unpredictable. So yeah, there, <sighs> there's, there's just something about them where they, every game, no matter where it's at, they can win, but yeah. it's just, sometimes they pull it out like they did against uh, the Kraken. And then sometimes it's uh, a five, one loss to St. Louis or, or Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> God. Well, they jumped up quite a bit in points percentage from last time we talked. They did. They, uh, yeah. they they overtook Florida. <laughs> they overtook and Florida, Florida, Montreal, what and is Ottawa. going on with Florida? Florida is just such a weird team to me. I mean, it's really close. Like if 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 uh, Florida, Montreal, or Ottawa like win another game, then it'll be the same shit. But yeah. Oh boy. Well, Woo! this has been a this has been a fun first half or so of the season with this podcast. I've, yeah. I've enjoyed it. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays yeah. to all our listeners. Have a holly jolly Christmas. I hope you had a holly jolly Christmas. Yes, because Boxing uh, Day. We are coming I, to enjoy you the, the deals. Boxing mm-hmm. Week. You know. Um, I guess we will. We'll have an episode coming out. We'll have a we'll have a bonus episode coming out this week. Yep. Um. So again, check out the Patreon and thank you to everyone who who already has and is in the Discord. We have a lot of fun in there. Mm-hmm. Um. And then after that, I think the next main episode will be on January 1st, 2023, I believe. Yeah, after I've been to the game. Woo! That's right. We'll have a lot to talk about. Yes, sir. Um, well, happy holidays again, everyone. Yeah. Thank you Bye. for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>